0: On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if the MCU has a new Captain America, if the fifth season premiere of Van Helsing is a good place to start watching the show, and if Gambit can deliver the tithe in time before the tithe becomes the tithe, 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 all that and more on an all-new Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only show on the internet where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I will be the host for this episode, which means it's my job to lead us through all of this comic book TV, hold your hand, make you feel comfortable, bring you any drinks you could possibly want, whatever you need. I'm here for you. I'm here for your needs and not my co-host needs, though, but I'll introduce them. Uh, first off is my friend, Ryan.
1: We're, you. You knew you could feel we were so close to asking you for drinks. We were about to scream out our drink orders
0: (laughs) as if we were
1: like anti-maskers on a plane right now.
0: (laughs) I saw you guys. When you get excited, you always swing your feet in the chairs because we always sit in big chairs where our feet don't touch and you start jumping up and down and I just had to squish it right then and there. I am not getting you a drink.
1: Uh, Let's be clear. Our feet don't touch the ground. They all touch each other's feet, though. We're all legs (laughs) forward and just kicking our feet at each other.
2: Well, toes interlocked like holding
0: hands. <laughs> people always want to know why we have such a good dynamic. And that's honestly, like, it's bold of you to put our secret out there, but it is the toe touches. It's, it's the toe touches that keep us connected.
1: We look like armless people jumping out of a plane. Like, that's the kind of making a triangle as we fly to the ground.
0: <laughs> we've we've trained, and listen, you can't do this right off the bat. It does take training to be able to pull this off, 100%. Uh, but m- I also have Mike here. He's connecting He's one of these feats that are joining us. How's it going, Mike?
2: Good. I I didn't really. I I jumped in because I was so excited to tell everybody how our toes tickle each other's toes.
1: (laughs) All right. This is getting, this is enough. Uh, This is making me (laughs)
2: disgusted. (laughs) Yeah. I'm surprised you're not vomiting right now, Ryan.
0: It was very, we did say toes at least seven times and there was no reaction out of you. It is getting better. I think our, our training with you and just the toe immersion is helping a lot.
1: I was playing this video game the other day. It was a Batman video game, and he's investigating. Er- and uh, he's like, "Oh, there's something wrong with his toes." Shouldn't it, it, Shouldn't there be like a different word for Batman? Like toes sounds like something you like babies say. Shouldn't Batman yeah. have a better word than that?
2: His bottom phalanges, <laughs> his, his foot fingers, his tiny fingies. grippers, his foot tiny fingies. grippers, <laughs> his bat foot you, fingers
1: you, yeah know. you don't have to you don't have to jump in there
0: no i think no it was worth it i'm glad you got in. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely 100 worth it again the toe power brought that about um crushed it you guys i did want to bring up so this is the first week we're going to be covering van Helsing, and i just want to know like what is the process to try to get a show approved because like this came out of nowhere and all of a sudden we decided that we were going to cover this one like how how can i bring a show that i want to cover
1: do you think that we wanted to cover this, Cassie?
0: <laughs> I think you guys had a secret meeting and were like, I've been dying to cover Van Helsing, and Is... then just went behind my back and brought this to the show.
1: Mike, <laughs> uh, across like seven years or however long it's been, has this ever happened where a show based on a comic book was just on and we didn't notice?
2: For years. No, <laughs> it's it's and it's a sci-fi show, and we're pretty tapped into sci-fi generally. Weird brag, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and no it's 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 weird we we fumbled we stumbled we, we crumpled the ball and it we're sorry to our listeners we're sorry for those of you who've turned in for the last 4 years being like this is the week they finally acknowledge Van Helsing.
0: <laughs> well it. here
2: you go. Here you go. In our
1: defense yeah. we thought the show was called Van Helsing and we're such we none of us like Van Morrison the singer of Brown Eyed Girl so we thought Van Helsing that like that's just some biopic right. show that we don't want to fucking watch.
0: Mm -hmm. would never touch it also it's a sci-fi show that doesn't have tim rosin am i correct in that
1: that is
2: yeah Yeah. what's the point then why would we neither neither tim rosin nor captain dark matter mark Mm dadder so
0: no absolutely not but yeah so we it it is a big episode that's the first week we'll be covering that but it's an even bigger episode because for the main event we'll be talking about the finale of falcon and winter soldier and let's go ahead and do that right now Marvel's TV shows are expanding on their stories in a way the movies just don't have time to by juggling heavy heavier issues like grief and loss in WandaVision, symbolism, self-worth and systemat- systematic racism in Falcon and Winter Soldier. buds, I ask you this. How did this show handle the balance of its deeper issues i.e. how America treats black folks versus classic Marvel action fun?
1: Uh, <laughs> okay. Um, I think that I really liked all the stuff with Sam and Isaiah Mm -hmm. you know it was it was broad and it was obvious but it was it was like it was nice to see them dealing with that and it's something that we didn't know that we needed until we got it where if we if Sam walked away with the shield at the end of endgame we would have felt like we were missing something and this show delivered that and the action we'll get to in a bit but I is there a worst scene
0: Bless you. Thank you. Then watching you sneeze. Then There's watching no. me sneeze while
1: talking <laughs> right about on my toes. They, they turn the cameras on, the news cameras, and Sam delivers a 15-minute message to the country that everyone watches. And it is it, – it's hard for me to think. I've seen Thor The Dark World now. <laughs> and it's hard for me to think of stupider shit in the history of the Marvel Universe.
2: That moment is uh, – I thought it was bold an idea, bad in execution mm-hmm because with, well, was it with, bold
1: an idea isn't it super cliche to have all of the live cameras turn on when you make a drowsing speech
2: yeah well that that is dumb but one i do think this whole show is also playing with like action tropes and i feel like that is there's a threat of action movies that does this and what the, the idea i thought was bold is that there's not a big bad and people are complaining and they're foolish i i think the the nuance of villainy I really liked these six episodes, how they handled that. Uh, and we talked about it before, it's just different worldviews. So, yes, we get action here, but like the big climax isn't isn't a fight. It is Sam wrestling with the history of America. And it could have been done better, but I like I like that they tried.
0: Yeah, and that it was like they did let you know, like this whole time we've been talking about how Sam's real power is like his his back at his backing as like a counselor and everything. So essentially did get to use his actual real power at uh-huh. the end and just like really, really lay into the senator. So I, I mean Well
2: that's I I like he sorry to cut you off, but I like that he stopped making eye contact with that bald fuck at a certain point and just started talking to the other leaders who seemed like they might be listening instead of just figuring out how to shut this black man up.
1: Which is awesome. <laughs> like I think that's a good life lesson of just like Okay, and then just turn your head and your entire body and your points of view to other people.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was like I didn't, I didn't find, I didn't roll my eyes too much at this. It was surprising, like it was good, and I was fine with the way they handled it. I, it was at the level that I expected, honestly.
1: I this was this was way too much. It, I think that Mike sort of hit it on the head. Is that we we had nuanced versions of a bunch of big bads. I mean, think about it, like. Zemo ends up killing a lot of the villains at the end, or his butler does, and then towards the end, Zemo is in his jail cell, looks right at the camera, smiles and winks, and he's like, Zemo out. And I'm like, Well what am <laughs> what am I supposed to think of this person? <laughs> right. Uh to uh is it Carrie or Callie? Um you know, it's her Carly? Ca- Carly, it's both put together. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know her gang and you know like people calling them the new killmongers or whatever uh, because they're sort of right but they're sort of wrong um and then val we have val now and val has her own captain america don't call her that though uh and you know everybody is like sort of bad but not except for the u.s government right and so they were like oh wait they're probably the worst shit we didn't do a lot with that Alright, Sam, you're up to bat. You better fucking give a speech that not only shows that they're the worst, but that how they can also be better, and you have twelve minutes of live airtime.
2: Look, we just ran out of budget. Can you
0: <laughs> just vamp? Can you vamp for a second? It it it's
2: So yes, that is big and cheesy, but like the the Isaiah and Sam stuff, not just them back at Isaiah's, like that talk and him being like, so black Captain America and Sam just like damn right, like being like, we can Mm -hmm. disagree, but, and then also like, it felt weird, but then also like seeing how emotion, how emotional Isaiah and his grandson got, like that Sam was like, I'm telling your story at the Captain America museum, fucking deal with it. Uh, That part was super heavy and surprisingly emotional because that came, I think after the... 12 minute in the stupidest costume speech.
1: And it was the statuing was impressive too, because those bronze statues yeah. are hard to do. Yeah. Uh, it's hard There's to chocolate. get details right. but So that's why. Uh, it's tasty. Nailed the eyebrows. They uh, Yes. It didn't look like Isaiah, but just big bushy bronze eyebrows. So good job on that. <laughs>
0: But, Mike, you did hit a couple things I want to talk about there. So, one, the easiest one to talk about real quick is his costume. The rest of it, it's the headpiece. The headpiece that has the visor. Yes, neck down down is fine. Neck down is rad as hell. I love the the majority white. Like, it is a rad suit until you get to the helmet. That didn't help me take him seriously during his speech because his little ears are sticking out from the side. It's a rough go.
2: It is very comic accurate when Sam Wilson's Captain America, but this is proof, like, you can tweak the comics. And especially, like, I think if somebody's main f- gimmick is flying, they need a full head cover. Yeah. They shouldn't leave the top <laughs> of their head that will smash into cement just open to the elements.
0: <laughs> aerodynamic, Mike. You, you just gotta keep that shaved down and he's gonna be so aerodynamic.
2: Yes, the most aerodynamic thing, human hair. <laughs>
0: human, human head, honestly. Um, but the other thing I wanted to talk about is how, like, it didn't seem like they took away from all the people that were kind of the bads from the season and the one that like I felt the weirdest there was no closure on really and I didn't know where to stand with him at the end was um John Walker because like <laughs> he ended up like he was just welcomed into the group to help the fight like there was no comment and he was just like a part of the crew.
1: I saw a lot of talk about this on the internet and the big thing everybody talked about I don't even remember the exact line, but when it's, when it's chaos and it's a battle, then you sort of like every ally you can, right? And mm-hmm. you can't you can pick nits there. You can't be woke there. But after the fight sort of calms down, um, oh, it, uh, Walker quotes Lincoln. And yeah. Bucky says, Lincoln? And he's like, yeah, I thought it sounded good. And he was like, well, not from you. And they're like, they're chummy. And, yeah, it's like a quip no, thing. No, that's yeah. what it really... And that's what friends do. And that's what people who are on the right side of the law do is they quip and you're not allowed to quip. If you right. are a bad, or you're not allowed to uh, accept quips from right. villains, right. you have to like be like, "Fuck you! Why are you talking to me?" Yeah.
2: And it could be like, and again, they the, the rushed through. They had a lot of endings. If Bucky's stance was like, "Well, I was a murderer, and I've been welcomed, so I'm going to try to do that," but Sam was like, "No." Like, if they had time to do that nuance of like mm-hmm. one acceptance isn't all acceptance, they just didn't. Well, I, well, I the moment with John that I did like was, and it was like his the only time he got to Ark, even though we know he's going to work for Val, don't call her that, and so he's going to go down the dark path again, but is, do I get the revenge that's all that's been driving me the last few episodes, or do I save this truck full of people who will get smashed to death? Yeah. And I was shocked when he saved the truck. I did I not too. call I that. I he thought was he was going like, to, like, go kick it, <laughs> and, then, and then go to kill like, her.
0: launch off, to go after Carly, yeah. like, as a little stepping pad. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Go kick it, like... <laughs> kick the truck or go kick it like find a couch and smoke some weed you know
2: what I'm doing none of this I'm getting a surge energy drink and I'm gonna sit on the couch
0: I'm out from both it was also a weird ending with him where he does you know he puts on his um, Captain Hydra Like little outfit, but he's just so happy to be in an outfit. Like all around, a really weird (laughs) moment with him of him just like back in the suit.
1: (laughs) It's like a kid getting uh, their Marvel costume for Halloween. It's like
0: yeah,
2: yeah. (laughs) It's it's a little wrong, but I still love it. Uh, It's it's one he. This was a good version of the Star Lord. That's a stupid name. Of like, well, it's the same as before, but black. Mm. Uh, Good calling out the comics and like, or the classic is
1: uh, Wolverine saying, like, what do you think we should wear, blue and yellow? That's, like, from the original X-Men movie.
2: And yes, Wolverine, I cannot wait to see you in blue and yellow on the big screen. (laughs) Uh, But it's, John does want acceptance, and it's, like, he is not a pure villain. He's a dickhead. He Mm -hmm. does most things wrong, but, like... It's the the trying. And so he's going to try his way to leading the Dark Avengers at some point. And then halfway through that movie, whenever it comes out, he's going to be like, wait, are we the baddies? <laughs> and I'm pretty pumped for that.
1: And then quip. And then Bucky's going to be like, R- all right, you quipped. We're, we're, yeah, come
2: on. Come here, buddy. I'm going to go stare sadly at this old man. <laughs>
0: Um, I do want to briefly talk about just Sam's. I do feel really cool about his fight moves, like him as Captain America and the combination of flying with the shield, dope as hell. And the introduction of that of him like throwing it through the building to fly in, love that every yeah. time it happened.
1: I think we talked about this after the first episode of after the helicopter battle that started off mm-hmm. the series, but yeah, I'll bring it up again. Falcon has got Spider-Man esque watchability, like when he's, yeah. you know, it, Spider-Man is the most fun superhero to watch do his thing, and Falcon is close because of the flight, the agility, the, and the, like the thinking in a second, you know, Spider-Man yeah. and Falcon both have that thing where like, I can whip out this or this, or I can whip out or whip out this or this. And they do a bunch of cool stuff. And the whole time it's just, it's way different than watching like Batman run to an alien laser gun and just <laughs> fire <laughs> Which, at the ground. Set- such
2: inventive choreography, man. Mm. The, the way they use his, like, he's going against people with powers. He doesn't, so just that his jet pack and wings aren't to fly away, just to Give push against the ground. Yeah. And so he can push back, like, so many things of that. And then using it as, like, a launch pad, like, he fully shields himself and then pushes up. Like, all of it is, is good job, choreographers. Was that yeah.
1: fight choreography better than the choreography at the end where Falcon and Bucky did the exact same dance from the end of Dirty Dancing? To celebrate their victory
2: <laughs> no, no nothing's better than that
0: of course not we did also get a good scaffolding scaffolding fight with um carly and is that john walker i think she's fighting at that point point. Uh-huh. and i got really excited because it was it get, it had a little bit of like daredevil feel just because they had closed space and i was like oh what <laughs> are they gonna do here but i just um,
1: i i love a good comic book show that will always say time out there's a construction site two blocks away let's just run over there <laughs> Look, and let's do our thing. jungle
2: gym we get weapons how fun will that be
1: <laughs> time in get some exercise
0: <laughs> um but speaking of carly how do you feel about this wrap-up like were you surprised that she did end up dying i know the whole time she was like i'm willing to die so it was like they did start to build it up but there's every once in a while i'd be like this is a disney show and then they did kill her and i was like oh, okay disney
2: it it's it does seem interesting like like Sam said the whole show, what she wants isn't wrong. Mm -hmm. Her way of getting it is wrong. And so they had to punish that. And I also still think it's Disney, a big corporation that doesn't want to get rid of borders. I think the Bernie Sanders will never be president argument is why Carly had to die is she is totally right in what she thinks the world should be. And uh, capitalist films can't actually let that win or be okay.
1: (laughs) And I mean, like, I think it even goes beyond that, like, well, maybe not beyond that. I don't know if anything can go beyond that point, Mike, because that just, that feels like the tippy top of all the points. But so less beyond that um, (laughs) is, and we sort of hinted about this in the beginning of the segment is the the thing with killing and like Walker is an uh, obviously a bad guy, Mm -hmm. but what he's doing is not that different than everybody else. And, I know that there's different situations, like you know, we're we're made to look at Walker as uh, evil, but like they are wanting us to say that if Bucky or Sam kill, then it is okay. You know, like they're definitely not having us take the time with that.
2: Right, but and here's why: because the internet has been like, but Captain America's a killer, but it's I I think war is very different. Uh, Smiling while you're growling and decapitating somebody is very different. Right. The reason Carly is on the Walker side of it is when she, she's like, I didn't mean to kill your friend, he didn't matter. And Walker, at that point, is not the worst person in that room, because he's like, what? She's like, well, he didn't matter to me, so it's okay if he dies or not, or I didn't want to kill him. like Unless yeah. they're a symbol, she doesn't want to kill them. And all of that is like, oh, you are a lunatic. Right. That's, yeah. yeah.
0: That's some and classic
1: also, bad guy behavior right there.
0: Yeah. And her casualness of, like, if all the hostages die, then, then it's for right. the cause. Like, us hostages, everybody, it, the carnage doesn't matter so if our battle continues yeah. like
2: i love the rest of the flag smashers are like wait what we yeah. did not sign up like it's totally fine if we die
0: but <laughs> i thought we were Car- gonna try to stay alive
1: carly quickly figures out. oh well, i mean it took six episodes but let's say that's quickly <laughs> for the mcu quickly figures out how to handle heroes she's like oh put those uh put those citizens in danger and that'll yeah. distract them and then we can do whatever <laughs> yeah. we want like they'll yeah. be like ah oh, i gotta go save them uh. <laughs> uh, do we have time to talk about sharkar and all of that shit. We yeah. got
2: you.
1: Uh, I, 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 it was hard to fully wrap my head around, like, think about all the stuff that happened in the past mm-hmm. and think about the nuance. We've been talking all six episodes about the nuance of the villains and for Sharon Carter to have this sort of revealed heel turn towards the end.
2: Can I admit that I'm a moron? Always. And if you've been listening, you don't need me to admit it. You can tell, uh, because the internet blew up about how she re- it was real. She's the power broker. Last episode, and that went over or under my head. I did not catch that at all. That she hired Bat-Rock. Uh Didn't click. Didn't click until this episode.
1: Which isn't Batrock the name of the print song from the eighty nine Batman
2: yeah, movie? And he did not have half Joker face, half Batman. <laughs> so it's bullshit.
0: Um, but they did really bring it home on this one. So they really yeah. like, at least on this one, in case you didn't catch on the first one, they were like, Hey, straight up power broker right here. And she's still going to be with a pardon.
1: And, but obviously Sam and Bucky don't know, right? They missed yeah. all that part. Cause at the end mm-hmm. they were like doing their high fives.
0: Yeah.
2: They think Sam thinks it's fucked up. She shot Carly, but she did what she had to do. And she got the part. They have no idea. I do like where Sharon I, I like the, the idea of Sharon's future now. CIA going to sell intelligence secrets. Like, again, it's going that, that nuance. Because, again, Sharon's not wrong of look how fucked up the world is, even before the blip. Uh, and it turns out her, her like, sarcastic everything is bullshit nihilism wasn't the act that we thought she'd arc back from. That purely is who she became.
1: You guys all talk about, like, how Killmonger and Carly and Sharon are right, but, like, Their actions put a lot of innocent lives in danger, and I guess you can make the argument that nobody's innocent. But uh, there will always, like, a lot of these secrets and lies have to be kept and told, so like innocent people don't die. And Sharon and Carly and Killmonger—they like they their mind works in that. I think it's what is it like? uh, What's the ism where kill the few to save the many? Mm-hmm. you know like they, i don't
2: know what that is but yeah
1: hands justify the means yeah their brains are broken enough where, like they are going to watch innocent people die which is something that like a right. classic avenger is not allowed to do and i i don't know if that's okay
2: no i think it's interesting though it's more interesting than whiplash as a villain uh, mickey rourke from, oh, okay. <laughs> from iron man oh. 2 uh
1: but i thought you were talking about the it, drum teacher
2: yeah, well, it's nothing's more interesting than that, man. And he would be the worst villain in the MCU. He would win. Uh, I think it's more interesting to watch. But, like, it's also, like, audiences' brains are broken and smoothed out because they just go, oh, they're right. Like, there's no more room for nuance
1: in that kind of conversation. And well, there, no, there does need to be. That is the nuance, though. Like, I said that the villain was right. Isn't that crazy that I said that? Thinking done. <laughs> <laughs> Article now written. I screw, now we scream at you. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that is sadly going to be the insane part. We have to end this out because we are out of time. But overall, do you feel like, did this show, was the ending, did they nail it?
2: (laughs) Did they stick the landing? Did they stick the the landing?
1: (laughs) Drake, I'll put it this way. I'm like, uh, this was supposed to be the first show out of the gate and WandaVision was more done. So WandaVision got pushed to first and I'm really, really glad that happened Mm -hmm. um, because WandaVision was something new and crazy and so talk aboutable, and I'm not sure that Captain America and, or I'm sorry, Winter Soldier and, I'm sorry, Falcon and Winter Soldier was that much different than the Netflix Marvel shows, you know? I'm I'm so glad WandaVision was first. Overall, yeah. I would say it's a interesting, it, 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 I would say mediocre with interesting parts.
2: I think it's better than more. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like it didn't go as as crazy and, and bold as WandaVision did, but I think it super watchable and like I think the bet the better parts of the Marvel Netflix shows and I also think it proves that Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackey are goddamn stars. These two are fucking amazing and have been underused by the MCU before now.
1: Sebastian Shaw has that uh, Adam Scott thing though a very tiny body, very giant head with a lot of hair on top. It's yeah he's weird to watch.
2: Plus, he would look great in a pink bow tie.
1: Uh, or a Batman suit. A couple of like breaking news items, though, um, speaking of this. One, Captain America 4 has been greenlit, and it will be written by Malcolm Spellman, who is the show run- or, uh, the writer, co-creator of uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. And nice. two, um, Charlie Cox is most likely in Spider-Man 3. Christian Ritter is most likely in She-Hulk. And... Uh, uh, John Barenthal is most likely in Moon Knight. Damn. Okay. And oh, and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio is most likely in uh, Echo.
2: Really? Yes. And so, man, you and your breaking news that got me. And they
1: straight <laughs> a- and they straight up said at the bottom, uh, "Luke Cage and Iron Fist will be recast." And then they were just
2: oh, I, th- I liked Mike Coulter. I'd bring Mike Coulter in and let's forget Iron Fist. Yeah. But th-
1: they will be introductions. Yeah, they like they are using the same actors. Everything that happened on Netflix is officially out of canon. That's, That's fine. Yeah, or it's That's in comics. a canon—a canon that was lit and shot out of here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right, you guys. That is all the time we have to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, Ryan, I know you were talking about how you did have a website and you wanted to talk about it on the air. So I'm just letting you know this is your time now. I'm giving you this opportunity. Go ahead and share this big idea that you had.
1: Okay, so, uh, Cassie, obviously, I was talking to you about uh, can in Canon, com, where you take mm-hmm. what's in the canon, you put it in a can, and you put that can in the canon, and then you shoot it off into either heaven or hell. So, canon, canon, oh. canon. Um, and then you get to decide if we keep it or not. Um, the prob- What I want is, like, awesome animation, interactive, where you get to put stuff from the canon in a can, put that can in the canon. You guys are understanding... I get all the Concept can- of the website. Canons, okay. The cans. The cans. Lots of yeah. cans. Okay. Cans of cannon. Okay. Um, but the problem is that right now all I've done is taped a picture of a cannon to my computer and written on my screen canon cannon, and I don't know if you if you guys are getting that website. So
2: I do think that's probably best for the world, but <laughs> is not best for your hopes and dreams. Okay. To let the world see it. Right now
1: you're being a fucking MCU villain that is being evil, but everybody agrees with.
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> but i just want to let like right now we can't get to that ryan and if that's the only way you do know how to get to it i'm gonna i'm gonna hook you up with some friends who are gonna help you okay they're gonna manage this you make sure you give them the map of the cannons and how the cannons are working and which cannons are going in which and like they will build this website for you i'm gonna just tell you to go ahead and head to cybersprout.net they, got, they are going to build a beautiful website. Just hand it over to them. They've got goal-driven design, easy to manage. They're going to build a beautiful website for you.
1: So I just mailed them the picture of the cannon taped mm-hmm. onto my screen? and
0: Yeah, they, they got it from that. I'm I'm guessing that
2: the folks at cybersprout.net will need a phone call. <laughs> but
0: you know what i'm betting that they're that good you could send them ransom note style a piece together photo of just canon canon canon.com. that photo make it happen <laughs> you have 24 hours go and i think i think they'll be able to pull it off they're that good ryan so um be on the lookout for canon, canon cybersprout's gonna be right on that um we got to take a little break though and when we come back it's time for our pull list <laughs> We are back, and it's time for our pull list where we talk about all the other shows we watched this week. First one starting it off is Van Helsing.
1: Wait, what? We're seriously going to do this? We're,
0: we're, doing, we're it. doing it. It's, it's not actually a joke. happening this okay. week for I, the first time ever.
1: I thought Cassie was bidding in the intro. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, I, I watched it. So off the top of my head, on the fifth season premiere of Van Helsing, Jack... Wakes up in ancient Transylvania and realizes she's there to kill the Dark Lord, whoever that is. It turns out to be superhero show-show stalwart Trisha Helfer because she's Dracula or will give birth to Dracula or something. And it looks like Jack kills her. Mike Buds, I ask you this. And Mike, this is a uh, special question for you because you actually did some homework, which we'll get to in a second. Is this just prep? Is watching this episode just prep for next week's main event when we actually put Van Helsing in the chair? or are you able to get a grip on just this episode alone?
2: I think it's prep and at first I thought it was a really bad first episode for us, but it might be good because the we only we get to know Jack, who is the only character from the main cast in this episode. And so everybody she meet we meet everybody she meets cuz she's in a new environment. So we just have to get on board with time, vampire hunter time travel to the past accidentally. She's figuring it out.
1: That's all we have to get on board that's with. That's all we
2: have to get on board with. Uh, but I think that's that's harder than be like, okay, there's these 13 characters we have to know the names of and years of backstory and relationships. We just have to follow this girl, Jack, assuming Jack Van Helsing, uh, and what she's trying to do. And as a standalone story, I do find that easier to bite into than like, this group hates this group, but this group loves this group. But... Uh, that doesn't say it was a good show, just because I started to eat more easily, figure it out.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, like, so what we what we can do is we can patch together what we don't know about the story, and then we can just sort of go on like pacing and tone mm-hmm. and all the stuff that we would review any sort of TV show about. And we have been spoiled, or yeah, I think that we've been spoiled in that uh, most sci-fi shows, which is crazy to say, but you did allude to this before. Have sort of catered to very specifically us. Yeah. And just been as like stupid and funny and knowing Silly. and you know and queer and like all of the things that like uh, and yeah, just they, they sort of do all of this stuff and this one seemed to be a little stoic, a little serious. You can be dumb if you go
2: <laughs> at the audience and say, I know I'm dumb, and this show is dumb without ever acknowledging that it's dumb. Right, and, and I,
1: yeah. I think this is a common refrain for us, and uh, it's probably more the legends, refrain than it is the sci-fi refrain. But like, be, my my fear is that we're always saying be more like this show that we already like.
2: Right, but we've liked serious shows in the past. We liked seasons of Daredevil. We liked Legion. <laughs> uh, so it's not Hill, just Hill Street like Blues if it's cartoon. <laughs> yeah, Homicide: Life on the Streets. Uh, these are all comic shows. Saint we've Elsewhere. <laughs> Frasier. MASH. (laughs) Maud. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, do you want to talk about the homework I've done? Yes. Uh, Luckily for me and our show, my wife's hardest work week came the week we discovered we had to do Van Helsing. So I got to watch a bunch of the first season, which I normally would not have done. But what else am I going to do on a night in the pandemic? And it is, look, I'm dumb, right? Like so many of us are. I like vampires, grew up on Buffy and so many other things. I like the post-apocalypse stories. Uh, I like people not knowing if they can trust each other. It has all the ingredients. Of, well, yeah, that, that was a good face, right? I, love all, I like all the ingredients the show has. It's just stupid. Will I watch it if I have the flu? Probably. But it's not bringing anything new or nuanced or that interesting into these elements.
1: Well, I, I'm afraid that what it thinks that it's bringing is female lead and all of the shows that you just listed, like you've been, you've grown up with these like very important female leads. In yeah. fact, Mike, I believe that you texted me the other day and said too many female leads. Where are my boys?
2: And that's normally I get if another dude, my age said that you're like sexist, but it's just cause I'm so woke since I was so young. Right. I've never <laughs> known a man to be a hero. <laughs>
0: Nor to eat that you.
1: many chicken wings.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Does it? Is it suffering from like so? Legends like didn't know what it is. So you, Mike, you've watched some of the beginning, and now this is season mm-hmm. five, right? Is it still like? Do you think it'll ever figure out what it needs to be, or this it, is its tone?
1: To also, me, this is the last season.
2: To me, it's <laughs> like based on just this one episode of this season, it feels like it. It, it knows the tone it wants to be, and that's a little grim, dark. Okay. Like
0: all right, it is which what it we is. Do not like
2: and, all right. and but like, I guess I have to pick interesting things that we did not see from here. Uh, also, like vampires, their vampire rules here is you can use whatever weapon you want. You just have to hit a little harder than you would with a human, and that's kind of lame. But in <laughs> in the early season, it's Vanessa, Vanessa we're following, not Jack. I don't know who Jack is. Uh, and her blood, she gets, she starts to put herself in positions to get bit because her blood cures vampires and turns them back into human. Uh I don't know. So there has been some interesting moments that she's figuring out that that's her superpower is she has to act as bait.
1: But there's a part though too where she's like, "Yeah, my power does that, but still, I want to kill him."
2: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. She often does just kill them.
1: It's like it's like you go to a doctor who like flips a coin and says like, "Oh, nope, not curing you. You're gonna get murdered."
2: You seem like you you have an Ed Hardy t-shirt on, a vampire. So I bet you weren't a good human either. <laughs>
0: All right, you guys, we're almost out of time. So let's hit moments of the week. Ryan, I'll start with you.
1: Uh, my moment of the week is Trisha Helfer is married to Kim Coates. And if that name is not familiar to you, that makes sense. But the face probably will be. longtime uh, longtime character actor uh, who... One of the rare character actors who actually has a persona and just brings that into everything he's mm-hmm. in. Uh, he was a son of anarchy. Uh, but I would say his most famous role was... Uh, he was a bad guy in The Last Boy Scout. He is the person who uh, Bruce... Willis uh, broke his nose, punched him straight in the nose, and then, like, palm fisted the broken nose. Nice. So the uh, nose bone went into the brain and killed him instantly.
2: Teaching Boom, yeah, all the kids, baby. that You could do that to your friends.
1: For a generation, <laughs> for an entire generation, every fucking kid had in their back pocket, if they piss me off one more time, <laughs> I'm going to break I'm gonna, their nose. Coats this motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to fucking jam the nose bone into their brain. Um, and he does not change his acting style at all. He's just no, like, okay. uh, uh, no, what's, my horse is dead. Uh, uh, all right, I, uh, I'll, go f- I'll go look at that. Hey, wife, you stayed over there.
2: The, the way his face is and the way he acts, it turns out I don't think he is the villain, but I just assumed no matter what he was. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, think he's, I think he's supposed to be playing a decent guy, and he just is like a piece of
1: shit. Yeah, he can't <laughs> not be. He's like everybody's little brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mike, what about you, moment of the week?
2: Uh, Trisha Helfert, who's the countess, goes in. Uh, she's like introducing her new baby to the town as you do. She's wandering around and she goes in to get her fortune told, fully believing in the fortune, but starts to mock the ideas of vampires. Like I believe in this dumb bullshit, but not the dumb no. bullshit you're say you're <laughs> warning me about. And it's just like man, that really is how people actually believe
1: things. But it's not just it's not just that she's like stupid and uh, you know, full of confidence, but she gets the death card in tarot. She's like, "No, I know that means other things you said no make that mean the other yeah. thing that it, it means
2: mm-mm. and the woman's like normally I'm making this stuff up I'm telling you these cards are real you're gonna die in birth vampirism and she's like no vampires aren't real la 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 la
0: man what a wild show uh we'll be digging into it next week uh if you want to watch it it's Fridays on sci-fi our next show is Supergirl on this week's episode of Supergirl Kara tried to escape the Phantom Zone, but was unable to after Nixley attacked her dad Zorl. Meanwhile, the Super Friends are trying to find their own way to get Kara home, but ultimately decide to protect the world from the Phantoms instead of bringing her home. Which newest team member Lena does not agree with. Taste buds? I ask you, if any of us were stuck in the Phantom Zone, would you leave us there?
2: Bye, bitches.
0: <laughs> Bye. I don't know how to get you guys out of a Phantom Zone, and you know what? It maybe you guys like the Phantom Zone better. I can't make that decision for you.
1: Does Zoom still work in the Phantom Zone?
0: Yeah, yeah. it's the one area that's actually actually really good Wi-Fi connection in the Phantom Zone. It's actually going to be the best Zoom conference we've ever had.
1: I sort of know what they're going through because as our show, as our podcast gets more popular, uh, I'm sort of entering the Phantom Zone where Mm -hmm. uh, most people are like, uh, we tune in obviously to hear him speak, and I do feel like I'm being separated from you two, and I do wish that you would pull me back, but unfortunately, I think it's too late. Uh, I'll just start publishing your texts, and then you'll get sucked out of
2: the fandom zone real quick. Publishing, Pu- like publishing, yeah. Go to I a have random a book house deal at Urban Outfitters.
0: It's like Lin Manuel's book of tweets. It's just Ryan's book of texts. Now, hey, yeah,
2: horrifically, t- like it is. It is his his disgusting beliefs are baroque and strange. They will surprise you. <laughs>
0: Uh, Be on the lookout for that. Also, if you want to watch Supergirl, it's Tuesdays on The CW. Our next show is Fear the Walking Dead.
1: On this week's episode of Fear the Walking Dead, a standoff. That's right, folks. A standoff occurs between Virginia and Morgan and their various gangs. Apparently, Virginia's enemies are finally catching up with her. Taste Buds, I ask you this. In the eventual showdown between the three of us, what will people call our gangs? Like Cassie and the what? Mike and the what? Ryan and the what?
0: Oh, I think it's only going to be Cassie and the, and we'll figure that out. We can get the other two out of here. So Cassie and Cassie and the boys? Cassie and the little boys?
1: Uh, our podcast descriptions say Cassie and the boys often, and it's yeah. boys with a Z. <laughs> boys
0: Good. with a Z. The boys.
2: Wait, Cassie, you're saying in a three-way gang fight, Ryan and I will leave our gangs and just join your yeah. gang? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: well, I Cassie do, has
2: the budget. <laughs> that's true. And sometimes she lets us have it.
0: And I'll give you guys some leather jackets. I get the best jackets, so like one hundred percent. Oh shit! But I mean, so we have we have pleather jackets. You got <laughs> the finest pleather, and you Mine guys are a welcome for that. Knee length
2: yellow pleather.
0: And that was my special request. And you look really good in it, Mike. If you want to watch is the, that the Walking you. Dead*, it's Sundays on the CW. What is that? Do you want to know?
1: I was gonna say, is Mike basing his costume on *Jubilee*?
2: Oh, Uh, I was thinking, I think it's Hillary Swank in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. But you know what? uh, It's Jubilee.
0: Jubilee. That's why he always has sparklers, too. He's just really into Jubilee. He's cosplaying constantly.
1: So, Cassie, it's officially a successful podcast for Mike. He has referenced Buffy the TV show and Buffy the movie, the only two things (laughs) he needs to do on every show.
0: Mike Wait until Jimmy Buffett. As soon as he can get Jimmy Buffett, he gets the triple. All right. Uh, Again, Fear the Walking Dead is Sundays on AMC. Our next show is Batwoman. On this mini episode of Fast and Furious, sorry, Batwoman, Ryan and Sophie have gone undercover as street racers to join the False Face crew as their newest to- fear toxin drivers. This position gives them the location of False Face, so they go to rescue Angelique and bring him in, but they ultimately have to let False Face go in order to save Angelique. Speaking of Angelique, she has padded her resume a bit and does not know how to fully make snake bite because Ocean did not tell her. Speaking of Ocean, he is still alive and both him and Alice now have all their memories thanks to Enigma. And after working with Ryan, Sophie discovers that she is the Batwoman. Taste Mike, I ask you, did Batwoman pull off this Fast and Furious episode? No,
2: it was a Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm enjoying (laughs) Batwoman and it was a fine episode. But if you're going to come to two of the biggest... Fast and Furious connoisseurs, you better fucking bring it when it comes they, to underground crime, street racing.
0: <laughs> it was they—they they nailed it for a brief second. The intro loved it. The like taste of last week, where we got the cars just to pull up, and then mm-hmm. like the beginning intro of them, like getting the coordinates just as they pop up. I was into, and then right. they went too hard. They were like, we know everything about cars and. Sp- did nonsense like it was all nonsense after like the first minute in
2: and the the tricks weren't cool enough and then they just every character at some point screamed fast and furious and ryan (laughs) wilder said you didn't like my gotham drift like it and i was just like is that true is that a joke is that a bit no she said that no yeah gotham drift yeah
0: she said that after, so the car she was given was a Porsche, is that she was going to show up to a street race in a Porsche, and to get into the cruise, she had to do a test, and she did a J-turn in a Porsche, and was like, look at my shit, look at, came out and was like, look at my Gotham Drift, I was like, fucking, fucking shit.
2: <laughs> I also, like, she drove, supposedly, in Universe Cool, and then the false faces, instead of being like, yeah, you're in, were like, how many horsepowers? Look, I'm not a car person, but I could probably guess that kind of shit, like, don't give me a... What is a car easy A quiz after okay. you've seen me like drive like a good motherfucker? Like, it was absurd.
0: Also, the, the fact that she said 1700 for a car, F1 cars push out a thousand. She <laughs> said a Porsche, they gave her an easy number, and she threw out the show decided to be like, Yeah, it is 1700. I don't understand what they were doing with this. It's the most it, wild.
2: It, it's clear that Wilder knows less about cars than any of us because. The, going back, the way Sophie figures out she's Batwoman is Luke gives Ryan this little like AI, plug it into your car, just mm-hmm. like the Batmobile has it so he can help. And she leaves it. It is not her car. She leaves this car yeah. with this crazy high tech <laughs> that screams, here's Batwoman. Uh, I guess that's proving that she's new as a superhero and she's also not good at covering her tracks. But mm-hmm. it, it, there's a lot of dumb mistakes.
0: Yeah. It was like, it seemed like a cool idea that they were trying something new, but it was definitely wasn't their strongest episode. I do feel like they're helping. I do like what they're doing with Alice now of her getting her memories back with Ocean. She felt a little lost. I'm thinking I think they're trying to fix her.
2: What what I'm getting more into is and other like good shows do this. Just our shows never have done this is here's this world these people might meet but they're mostly just on their own journeys, and I think this is finally solidified I like Alice and Ocean doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. It's just in the same town that Ryan also happens to live in, yeah. <laughs> like. But I, I like Alice is like this weird antihero thing now, and she is the most important part of the show. So I don't want to lose her because Kate's gone. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I'm starting to get into what the show's doing.
0: And I felt like like I was surprised that I'm still into it because like this episode, she was just so adamant about like trying to convince herself that she is an absolute monster. Which normally doesn't work, but for some reason, like, this combination, they they seem to get that characterization down.
2: Well, the point is, she thinks she is. She wants to be, because that's easier than being human and dealing with things. And then you throw in supervillain eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, like, and now it's like, oh, no, maybe I shouldn't forget everything that helps make me who I am. Yeah.
0: Did it seem weird? I know we don't know a lot about Enigma, but it felt weird that she was the one trying to keep... Alice grounded like was it just fear out of what Alice could become if she didn't like get grounded
2: it's still she took the Hippocratic oath she still is a good psychiatrist (laughs) she
0: still still has a job to do um how are you feeling about now Sophie gonna know that Ryan is Batwoman
2: that's yeah I mean with this kind of thing it's like how long can he draw it out and it's Ryan she knows Ryan from her past as a like felon Mm -hmm. but more and more, she's running into Ryan doing heroic things, and so it would like she deals with Batwoman and Ryan Wilder in almost every episode now. So it would be getting more and more ludicrous for Sophie to not to start to put it together.
0: Yeah, well,
1: getting ludicrous would make sense for a Fast in the previous episode.
0: <laughs> There's oh! the boy. There he is. He came in so strong for that one comment. Ryan, I'm glad you came in for that one.
1: I did uh, want to point out though that like we were complaining about Van Helsing and how it doesn't know that it's stupid, and yeah. this feels like. This feels like our comeback, what you guys are talking about, is that you guys sort of go to Batwoman for, like, the serious character moments and, like, the, the development, and then they did all this stupid shit, you know? They use the term Gotham Drift, and then, so it's not that we always want the stupid, because you guys are proof that when you, sometimes if you try to do the stupid and it's not working, it's just stupid.
0: Right. Yeah. This is the one we come to for their bigger overall message and not and not their drifts. I don't care about her drifts, apparently, which is a wild thing I never thought I would say, but yeah. here I am. Yeah, <laughs> you're growing
1: so much as a TV watcher. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> it's insane. Uh Mike, do you got a moment of the week though? Yeah, I thought it was cute. So
2: so Sophie is working with Ryan to to get into the underground, not Batwoman. And so she's like, Well, I'm gonna bring in a guy who's gonna help us, and it's Luke, and there was a cute moment of Luke and Ryan pretending to not know each other but they both did so big and broad and bad acting they're like oh and uh, your name was ryan was it like they both <laughs> did the same things and sophie's like you guys are being fucking weird we have a plan to make yeah. i like that scene
0: yeah it was actually a good scene and them just trying to like casually make fun of each other but like uh-huh. make it where like they still couldn't know each other it actually that was good uh my moment of the week was uh when we saw sophie calling ryan and her contact name and her phone is Crophy. Just like that. Yeah. Pretty good good contact name. Um, Batwoman is on Sundays on the CW. Our next show is Black Lightning.
1: On this week's episode of Black Lightning, the FBI pays Jefferson a visit. If an an FBI, not the Federal Bureau of Investigation, but an FBI showed up at your house, what would those initials stand for?
2: Frank Buford Incorporated. (laughs) <laughs> when it's
1: time to figure out what initials mean, it's you always jump on the first letter, like yeah. figure out what the first letter is, and then the rest will figure it out. And we got Frank Buford <laughs> incorporated. Well, incorporated, Incorporated,
0: and I th- mine would be Fiery Butthole Incorporated. And I don't know what the two of our companies do or what they're selling, like what cut cutco thing they're trying I to pass on to us.
2: But they're both plumbers. It sounds like that's my <laughs> guess.
1: I just I don't know plumbers. if there's. I don't know if they're there to recruit Cassie because of her fiery butthole or to, like, admonish her for her lack of fiery butthole.
2: (laughs) I think Fiery Butthole Incorporated is basically the Ghostbusters for fiery buttholes. They're there to spray her down.
1: Are you guys ever bored daydreaming and you sing the theme song to Fiery Butthole Incorporated to the tune of Kids Incorporated? Uh And it just, it fits exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. If you want to watch Black Lightning, it is Mondays on the CW. Our last show of the week is Invincible.
2: This week on Invincible, Mark and Amber join William as he visits his fella up at university, and Mark thinks maybe it's time to hang up the superheroing. Things go awry when a doctoral student six cyborg Frankenstein's on the campus, and William finds out Mark is invincible. Meanwhile, Eve figures out what she wants to do to help the world, and Debbie confronts Nolan. Taste Buds ask you this. How's the show doing at building out the supporting cast?
1: Well, I will say that I'm going to be a big fan of any point that... What's his best friend's name again? William. William gets a chance in a superhero show to just wail on some villains. Like what happens at the end? Yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna be down with that, you know. Like uh, William was uh, like a bad guy. Like hit him personally, and he took it personally. And yeah. then once the bad guy had the powers taken away from him or the henchman taken away from him, William just kicks the <laughs> shit out of him. Yeah. And William has no powers except for a broken heart, and that yeah. is awesome.
2: You killed my older college boyfriend. <laughs> Or made him a robot Frankenstein he doesn't know how to love anymore. So now I I'm mean, gonna bash your teeth in.
1: There's no coming back from being an Anna Man, right?
2: No, I think they're work for Cecil. Like they're definitely gonna be like shock troops in that do organization. You
1: do, do you do that a lot though while you're watching? Is try to enjoy the hour as the hour, but also try and remember, oh, they're gonna be there in like three episodes, they're gonna be there in two seasons.
2: I try to shut that part of my brain down for sure. But like it was there on college, I was like, "Oh, those robot things." And the robot thing showed up. was like, "Nailed it from twenty years ago."
1: <laughs> and there's something so frightening about the uh, the reanimen. Yeah, like these frat guys who were turned into bad guys, and it's because of the the yes, Cyclops turned Eye. into
2: bad guys. Frat guys wouldn't be bad without this <laughs>
1: robotics <laughs> forced into making poor moral judgments only because of this person. Uh, there's something about the Cyclops Eye that is just that is horrifying to me. Well, it's, that's it's the scariest thing.
2: Very much taking the humanity away. Our mouths and creepy teeth as humans aren't what makes us human. It's our eyes.
1: Did you guys see that thing online where somebody's pink shoes look like a, a screaming mouth? And then like the, the hole of the shoe that you put your foot in. And then they took that hole and put it on Walker's mouth while he was screaming, killing the the bad guy with the shield. <laughs> no. And it, they were basically interchangeable. <laughs> doesn't matter, Mike. Doesn't matter. Um I want to talk again, yet again, about the amount of fucking plot in this show. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I really do think it is a fault, and it's getting worse. And it's the more the the more exciting that the show tries to make it, the more boring it's getting.
2: Right? I I was stoked. I was like, oh, it's it's you specifically, Ryan, but most of us love the Peter Parker moments more than the Invincible moments. And it's like, oh, he's just going to college and hanging out. This is great, and sure, he'll get into adventure. But then there are still so many. B and C and D plots we, like, rushed back to. I was like, I honestly would like to see his tour with Amber more than right. Debbie V. Nolan right now.
1: And there's, I mean, there's so many cute things where, like, he does some quick superhero thing, but then also knows that in this next cute moment, he can't do a superhero thing. right? You know, and it is sort of why, like, Peter Parker is my favorite character. But we go I, back to Adam Eve uh-huh. doing all of her work. And the, the scene with Adam eve leaving her parents that's mm-hmm. pretty uh, you know th- like i thought that I thought. was dramatic but then she's doing all this like uh work to help people and it's so forced in and what it reminded me is that it's like a, a network show where everybody under contract has to be has to appear in every episode
2: right that's Which not is... the case here
1: they're animated characters you could just cut adam Eve for this episode mm-hmm. and then have a big one with her later and most was, of her like, scenes a were episode
2: montagey so it's right. not like gillian Jacobs is getting that sweet episode in like exactly and especially i think i think it could use its own episode because i find it especially we see how powerful she is that she literally can create things and like she's building forests and irrigating like around the world like she's right she was doing a disservice by stopping bank robbers she is helping the world way more now
1: that is true but do you think about the fact that like it will mess up the markets of all of these countries that she's in
2: no, I don't Look. give a shit. These poor farmers are getting helped out.
1: No, but it, it, like, it will. Uh, like Maybe it won't be covered in the show, but it will happen. Like If all of a sudden everyone just has all of their farms growing like crazy, it will destroy the economy of every country that she's in.
2: Then let's rebuild. Fuck economies, man.
1: Okay. okay. You really <laughs> okay. want Bernie okay. Sanders to be president, don't you? <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, uh, speaking of Peter Parker, big- though, real quick.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry, real quick. I, I want to talk about Amber screaming at Mark when the <laughs> Rihanna man come up, Mark disappears. And we all know, let's be honest, we know he's invincible. He came in actually to save the day. But Amber doesn't know that and breaks up with him for being a little bitch who didn't stand by her side. I kept thinking that, Amber, you should have also ran away. Right. But Is this is this okay for Amber to like be this mad? Does she want a manly man?
2: No, it's not that she. This is my moment of the week, and it's because it's calling out the classic Clark Kent Peter Parker trope, where some people are like, "It's weird that they weren't there," but she's like, "You pussy, your friends and me were. You just sprinted away. You did." I think it's if he tried to grab her hand and say, "We got to run," that would be different. Is that it? Looks like Mark was only out for Mark,
1: right? Uh, so if uh, I'm gonna take both of us around the corner, and then I'm gonna figure out how to become invincible, right? But instead, he just left them all there, right? I, I it, guess.
2: I think it highlights the problem with split and decision making. Like and being uh-huh. able to say that, or what I'm <laughs> trying to say. Uh and, and yeah, he didn't do the best thing that he was like, well, suit on, do that. But like at this point, like what's what is the big problem other than Daddy will get mad if Amber knows?
1: I think you're right. I think that like going back to our main event, it is showing how different he is than Falcon, with exponentially more powers than Falcon, his lack of split decision. Split right. split second decision making. There, it is. Uh, the an thing. incredibly hard term to say. Um, is kind of what's fucking him, but I also think that uh, he's learning this sort of superhero trope of you either tell Amber that you're invincible, which is a bad idea, or you let her walk away because this is just going to keep coming up, dude. Right. I, I promise you, if you're Mark Grayson or Peter Parker or whoever, bad guys will find you. Yeah, they'll try to date your aunt. It's what they do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Without a doubt, every single time. Oh, uh, so that actually ended up being a Mike's moment of the week. Ryan, do you got one?
1: Yeah, we sort of covered it, but, uh, shit, I forgot his name again. William, uh, figures out, and uh, Invincible's at that pace where, like, one or two characters per week are going to figure out who Mark Grayson is, uh, or who Invincible is, rather. But, um, he figures it out, and they handle it, like, really on the down low. Like, William, mm-hmm. every once in a while, just be like, Are you serious? <laughs> are you serious? Uh, but then knowing that he has Invincible in his background, you know, or like behind him, knowing that uh, Invincible has sort of made everything safe, he just goes off and says, all right, I get to wail on fucking, and it's not just wailing on the bad guy, it's wailing on Ezra Miller. And for some reason, that made it seem even better to me.
2: Would you pay good money to watch real life Andrew Reynolds beat up real life Ezra Miller? <laughs> of course not,
1: Mike. Of course I would not do that.
0: We'll see when we publish your text what you really think. Uh, if you want to watch Invincible, it's Fridays on Amazon Prime. That was it for our poll list. Coming up next, it's time for some X Taz. <laughs> Welcome to Eggs Tasmania, Bitch, a mini-show within a show where we take an in-depth episode-by-episode episode look at Fox's seminal, an underrated early morning soap opera from the mid-90s X-Men the Animated Series. This week, it's a Gambit-focused episode, much to the chagrin of all of us here. We learned that Gambit was a member of the Thieves Guild, who have an ancient rivalry with the Guild of Assassins that involves tithing every 10 years to an external, who will give them powers or kill them depending on their tithe. He's lured to back to Louisiana when the assassins kidnap his brother, but it's all a ruse so their leader Belladonna can force Gambit to marry her. Wolverine, Rogue and Jean come to help in time, all of that and more. You guys, when it started again this previously on, gave us so much when it was just a constant flow of Gambit. How it's much card, him-
1: card
2: card 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 <laughs> Just him card, saying his card. name eight in eight different scenes and yeah, just carding it up.
0: Uh-oh. Him assaulting women, saying his name, and throwing cards. Like, it (laughs) was all it was. And I just, like, I always look forward to expatize. And, like, to have that as the intro, I almost threw my phone that I was watching it on. I was like, not today. I can't.
1: I mean, at this point, we've got, like, a couple successful Wolverine outings. And so this is the worst-case scenario for us, right? Like, we shit on Wolverine probably the most, but we would rather have the previously on full of Wolverine clips than this motherfucking card... Doing all of this shit. Mm -hmm.
2: And I can't say, coming out of the other end, I'm like, no, you know what? I am happy. I don't like (laughs) that I learned more about Gambit in his life. Just
1: just listening to what Cassie said, just just the intro that she read, uh, imagine being an X-Man, having seen everything, everything that you could possibly see. Like, they've gone through it. And still... Oh yeah, you're in part of a guild and there's another guild and then you have to pay a tithe to a bean that no, that's bullshit, dude. This it's just not true. Like that's lady- full <laughs> of shit.
2: This lady she they say an external but the swamp witch comes out every 10 years and <laughs> demands gold boxes, but if it's the wrong kind of gold box, she freaks out like it is crazy how deep into comic lore they went and also, how little they explained.
1: <laughs> okay. Also, I uh, It's two groups trying to kill each other. One is the thieves, one is the assassins. Uh, Assassins, please. Their job is to know how to kill people. I do not want to be a thief.
2: But maybe because, like, I guess in the 90s, assassins meant, can you get the biggest weapon your arms can carry? (laughs) And so they're not actually good because the thieves can just run away.
1: The one thing, though, that is true today and in the 90s is that the word assassin has the word ass in it twice.
0: Ah, Always will. Always oh, so important. But you guys, before we get to all of that lore and Gambit's deep, deep past and how great it is, it does start off with them in the war room and Gambit, uh, Gambit is leading or like in charge of what's coming up in the war room. And what a, it was such a weird choice.
1: I gotta say, X Men, the TV show, the animated series, uh, your opening scene of danger is not really thrilling me anymore. Uh, yeah. this, whole, this whole gimmick of like, oh, what have they gotten themselves into? Oh, and then t- hit a button and then just in a room made of metal. It's not working anymore.
2: You know it's a bullshit Danger Room scenario because uh, they're fighting like a tentacle monster.
0: And yeah, it's like a bodiless Krang. I didn't know what this thing was.
2: Yeah, and it, it has Rogue and I think Jean fully wrapped around and only Cyclops is the hero. And that's how you know it is a Cyclops <laughs> solo yeah. mission.
1: Here's the fucked up thing. When Gambit hits the button and makes everything disappear... Gene and Rogue also disappear. Cyclops yeah. requested them to be in his little fantasy Wait. room.
2: I need them to be in danger.
1: And so he could save them and then bring out his own tentacles, I guess. And hopefully Gambit doesn't tell secrets.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, Gambit has some shady things. He's bro, bro. Gambit definitely is one of the guys who's like bro code and lives by it. So Gambit gets a phone call, which means, and he's startled by it, which means his elbow accidentally cranks up. There's actually a lever that says maximum danger level for the danger room.
1: Also, Gambit is oh, I'm in control of the danger room. I should bring the cordless X Men school <laughs> phone. Where all sc- where all calls to the school for the gifted go to. So I can answer and be like, y'all, what up? This is Gambit. You got Gambit. What's up, while this, people? While
2: live rounds are flying near his compatriots. But when when, when the maximum danger, it is sinister, apocalypse, omega-red, juggernaut, and a big green lizard. One Who the big fuck dinosaur. Is this big green lizard thing.
1: I'm so glad you weren't in there, Mike, because if you were in there, you'd be like, oh, you're a dinosaur. Could you help me? I already <laughs> I love you. One day you'll learn it. to love me.
0: I wasn't sure if this was going to be a moment that got Mike really excited, like if these were all comic book people and it was like a, another highlight reel for because to me, it was just a jumble of what the fuck.
2: Cassie, you've but, met most of those characters at this point.
0: Don't, don't remember a single one of them. If they're not <laughs> Apocalypse, I refuse to remember them, but... Oh, because they're
1: not all Onslaught, so you don't even give a shit.
0: Yeah, that's right. Onslaught for the win, Onslaught for president. Uh, then we go to Louisiana, because that's where uh, we find out Gambit's brother got taken, so we go back to his roots, and that's when we get introduced to his whole back of the thieves and stuff that we've talked about. But again, you said this was tied to comic books, because this just seemed like a wild group of things they threw out there.
1: Not just comic books, Cassie, but a comic book. It's tied to Gambit number one through four. Mm-hmm. A mini series, Gambit's first like leading role that came out at the exact same time of this oh, cartoon. So we have got sure. some major synergy going on here.
0: Oh, okay. Do you think that helped? So it they back explain then? what an external
2: is.
1: No, 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 no. It's it's all fucking insane. It's because nobody like all of these people have a Wikipedia knowledge of whatever land they're writing for. So they're like New Orleans. Uh, all right, uh, black. Ish woman comes out of swamp mansion yeah. ivy New Orleans. I do like yeah
2: when when they we're jumping ahead a little when the X Men only three of them actually want to help Gambit so three of them <laughs> go down to help and they're walking through a mansion they're like this is a piece of shit no wonder Gambit's so weird but it's just like a dustier version of their mansion but they're yeah. so throw so much shade.
1: I, I mean like yeah you're t- you're talking about how stupid they are Mike but at least they're not so stupid that they would all three stand in the same square at the same time of the same square of the floor so. Let's be careful before we call them not smart.
0: <laughs> but we do have so. Once the X Men show up, um, that's when we also find that like this whole plan to get Gambit down there is because they want an exchange. We don't know why at this point, but just like Gambit in exchange for the proper tithe that the external requires, and that if they don't, his brother will die if they don't get this tithe to the external. And then once the X Men show up, I think, and they fall in the pit at this time, I think we also find out that that's when Gambit. Is there because uh, his old flame wants to marry him, which is wild for somebody to still be hung up on this boy.
2: Blackmail marriage a decade later. That means she was seventeen and in love with him, and is now twenty seven. Is like this will work.
1: And and what I would say is a little like just a little slice of the X Men, the animated series, like best. Uh, I don't know, like analogies or symbolism. Uh, I will put a ring on you and control you through that, which yeah. is absolutely. Mike, I don't know if you can, you know, speak from your experience, but that's how marriage works. Like well, basically, she gets upset, you fall to the ground because you're wearing a ring.
2: For so much of my life, uh, my adult life mostly, I didn't want to get married, didn't believe in it. And watching this, I was like, oh, it indoctrinated me at a young age. <laughs>
0: yeah. I see where it started all along.
2: <laughs> but what, what what makes the rivalry even dumber? At a certain point, I think it's Gambit who says, and this is earlier on. He says, "Assassins kill thieves." Teams kill assassins for 300 years and no one knows why they just keep doing it (laughs) they they don't know why
0: it's 300 years of these fucks just being like we just kill
1: that could sound like a a cheat on lore you know and and telling us like explaining things or b a treatise on all foreign policy yeah like real life how countries treat other the kind of i don't know go go soldiers there
2: it's what we do
0: um, next in the show after this, so he does have the ring on because this show moves so fast. She's like, uh, "Just put this ring on. I'll give you your brother." And he's like, "Hell yeah, nothing to nothing to worry about there." And then, um, at this point, they're married. She controls him. It takes all of his powers. And then we get the X Men showing up and battling him. And Rogue is so insulted that there is this other woman, which yeah. is insane.
2: It, it, it does seem like there was an episode we missed or a few that they they're actually together now.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: she's upset thinking that maybe a decade ago, he had a flame. Like
1: we missed an episode or that this show is written by 12 dudes who are constantly rejected and putting their hopes and dreams into their TV show. <laughs> it could be one of those two things.
2: When, but- when we get to the assassin mansion and I not know we're jumping around, but one assassin has the biggest fuck off gun from the nineties and the other has a shovel. <laughs> and
1: I like these two as your guards. Is that is that the guy with the realest beard I've ever seen? Yes, the, the realest beard you've it's ever like, seen. It's just like eight lines on his chin? Uh-huh. Is that who he you're talking about? He just didn't
2: wash his face that morning. Oh, <laughs> man. you, you got to wash
1: those super eight long hairs off your face.
2: <laughs> but, yeah. and, and Rogue fully thinks he's in love.
0: Oh, yeah. True. Like, Here's she's just name. like...
2: He's wincing every time he disagrees with her, but he's probably in love.
0: <laughs> it's you. That's, again, how you can tell it was written by men. Like, she instantly, super insulted, and is like, I guess he did leave me for whoever this is. He's fallen in love in 10, ten minutes.
1: But didn't leave her. Like, they, they were never official. It's just that Rogue right. is clearly... Every time that she says, Gambit, get the fuck away from me, dude. You stink, and you're handsy, and I want to be away from you. Uh, that means that she was actually in love.
0: Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And then at this point, we do get the external uh, appearing, which is when we also find there is, of course, a fake tithe. They did went through all of this. He's married for a fake tithe, which is just yeah. a gold box an f- improper gold box or fake gold. We don't what? know. Which, guys, learned-
1: I'm going to be honest. I was confused for a solid like seven minutes because they kept saying you didn't check that box. And I kept thinking like a checklist or something. Like, Yeah, they, they there's che- a lot
2: of forms to tithing <laughs> yeah. and they forgot to check that box. There was
1: one form from the tithe form packet that they didn't check and they kept saying it and I didn't know what they were talking about.
2: Which this means that Belladonna's plan is your brother gets to live. Oh no, he does not. You'll still be married to me even though I killed all of your family at this point. <laughs> like it's, it's yes. a bad plan. Uh, and we have learned the, the externals are pretty finicky because uh, in the flashback... The last head of the Thieves Guild was two seconds late to tithing, Mm -hmm. and she killed him. (laughs) Two seconds.
0: Two seconds. And then also in this one, it didn't even follow that because, like, what are they? The assassins, like, brought The assassins
2: were way late. They
0: were super late, and she was like, but it's real, so I'll let it pass. I was like, there is no set rules here. How are they going to that? That's a bad
2: boss, is whoever fucks up worse, I'll only be mad at them.
0: (laughs) I'll take your powers and curse you. It's, I think um, it's
1: I, I think it's hard to read this episode in any other way than the dangers of strong women, like <laughs> that that strong women will ultimately destroy you, whether it doesn't matter how hard you try.
2: What what, what I love is Gene is like all of this is bullshit, and just shows the external what happened, yeah. mm-hmm. and the external's like, oh wait, you all
1: try to fuck with my weird convoluted plan, <laughs> but but that's always what we're hoping for in TV show is for two people to sit down and say right. like, actually, here's what happened though. But we don't have time for that, so Jean Grey's like, uh, mind blast! Did that, did that work?
2: <laughs> and then falls asleep, because that's if
1: Jean uses power, she's, she's
2: gonna, gonna pass out.
0: She gets so sleepy! But it is crazy, because, like, this external was crazy powerful, so, like, it was wild to introduce this being so powerful that none of them could do anything yeah. against, and then Jean was just like, here's the, here's the tea, and she was like, okay, now we're cool? Like, that's how you defeat, the only way to defeat this person, is drama.
1: I looked up external online, and... I think that it's for the for the show only, but there was this really? weird there's the weird asterisk on the character that's sort of like mutant plus. So huh. and I think the plus means closer to God then. You know, like right. how apocalypse is a little bit more than just a kid born with mm-hmm. different DNA. I think that external has something crazy about her that makes her scarier. Um, sure.
0: Why why not? at this point it's a vagina Ryan (laughs) Powerful,
1: strong women women. gross
2: did did you guys I think there's some foreshadowing is because Cyclops is still mad and I get it be mad at Gambit uh, that Gambit never told him about his past life and Jean looks at him very sadly and says I think we all have parts of our past lives we don't want our friends to know and Mm -hmm. I think that means maybe we're getting a Jean episode soon
1: or that means she gave Gambit a handy in the swamp and doesn't (laughs) want to tell him about it
2: (laughs) and that's double swamp because down there swampy (laughs)
0: Terrible. Hey. At the end, though, before Ryan, is it about swamp? Is it about a swamp ass or anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> You're on thin it's ice about, right now, buddy. It's about
1: my swampy gooch. But so yeah, <laughs> you should continue.
0: Okay, so this ends. Uh, we get Gambit declaring he's an X-Men, turning away from their dumb ways in Louisiana, and then uh, we do get a Savage Land check-in before this ends. And we, then we get whatever we get next with this mutant fight is going to be fantastic. Whenever we get to stay in the Savage Land.
1: I yeah. do think that uh, in any standalone episode, like so, this was a Gambit episode. I think that it's required to say at the end, "But I'm an X Man," you know. Like, mm-hmm. I, I do think that that, like, you that that those are the rules. that you have to realize right. that screw my past, screw my future. You know what? Screw my present. I'm an X Man. <laughs> damn it! <laughs> uh, this Savage Land scene was not as glorious as last week's, where they sw- <laughs> they swung on a bridge, hit a mountain jumped down five feet and then walked away without saying a word. Uh this one was fine. It was fine.
2: Yeah. It it so uh we did get to see Professor X do the slowest clothesline. He very yeah. slowly <laughs> like shoved the tree into somebody's neck until they fell. It, and well, he the, used hornets as a weapon. Yeah the yeah, power I mean,
0: of hornets.
1: That that was also awesome. I like the bees or the hornets they all attacked Magneto has that helmet so they attacked Barbaras
2: the, right?
1: uh, Goro Goro right? Goro from Mortal Kombat A uh, guy with four arms uh, Magneto looks at him And says Barbarous And I thought he was just saying Barbarous like, Cut her us, hair Give us two haircuts If you got four arms You can give us two haircuts You fucking lazy piece of shit But no His name is Barbarous And he starts waving At the Oh the Hornets And Yeah That's why Magneto gets free It's just
0: It's so It's art honestly And the We ended it there It's fantastic um, It's time for rewards, you guys. So let's start this off most 90s thing. Mike, you mentioned one earlier. Is it still going to be the gun for you?
2: It's it's not. It's the, those that the League of Assassins, other than Belladonna, have the most 90s masks and costumes of just like it's purple mask with like, as Ryan said, weird beards or like slashes and just like white. They all look like Grifter from Wildcats ripoff masks. And this is so fucking 90s. <laughs>
0: The color palette, too. Anytime I feel like a purple. A purple is 90s for some reason. Purple and green. Purple and green, yeah. Uh, Ryan, what about you?
1: Donatello. Uh, I was going to say, Cassie, I was going to say Gambit grabbing the cordless phone and being the the voice of the (laughs) X-Men Academy. But I think my 90s moment is Mike referencing Grifter. I cannot believe he just did that, and (laughs) that was 90s as fuck.
2: That is uh, so top of the brain, and I hate my brain.
0: That's what, like, I wasn't fully convinced his was 90s. I felt like he was bringing a weak one, and then he really brought it home by pulling in a grifter reference, and I was like, well, fuck, okay. I I guess you pulled a reference. Uh, For me, most 90s thing, I just have the fact that there is, like, there is a lever that goes to maximum danger in the room and the fact that it will have an insane light-up button that lets you know it flashes, but it lets you know you are in maximum danger in that room. Um, How is there not an X-Men
1: villain named Maximum Danger?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I am going to go. I'll go ahead and give it to Mike because, again, he cited his references. It's just the confidence <laughs> that's going to get that one. Um I bring receipts. <laughs> next award is going to be Best Gaspline. Ryan, what do you got?
1: Uh, when after the danger room catastrophe of the first five minutes, uh, Gene runs in. Gambit will not even apologize. He'll just be like, oh, my brother needs to pay tithe. And everybody's like, Gambit, what the fuck does that mean, dude? (laughs) Hopefully you'll explain that in the next 20 minutes, and he does not. Uh, But uh, Cyclops is on the ground, writhing, going, Gambit, stop. Gambit, (laughs) stop. Gambit, stop. And I gasped, knowing that this is Cyclops' last stand. This is it for him, dude. He has lost... His damn mind.
2: This is the second <laughs> X-Men to writhe on the ground saying Gamut, stop. Which makes me think maybe no, Gambit is molesting the X-Men in their sleep.
0: You um, um sadly I am gonna let you talk more right now, even after that. Mike, what do you have for best gasp line?
2: Uh mine is it's not the normal kind of gasp. It was shocked with both Blight. the attitude and the weird like racism. Wolverine says, I don't care which spirit lady does to which what to which Cajuns. I'm just here to stop a wedding.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that is wild. That was uh, that is what I have for the best gaspline line too. One because of the, <laughs> like the fact that that was a line, and also the fact that he cares so much about Gambit now that he is just there to stop a wedding. Like it was. I well, think he just
2: hates weddings.
1: Is, does he hate Gambit, or does he does he care for Gambit, or does he just love an opportunity to be racist as fuck? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I, I
2: hate I hate these dirty pseudo Frenches.
0: It was insane, uh, Mike. You are going to get that point because we have the same one. That's my rule. Uh, next. One is going to be best use of power. Mike, what do you got for it?
2: Uh, the power of rock v. Hornet Nest, yep. obviously. <laughs> no, the spear. thing I did once to kids
0: who wouldn't let me play
2: baseball with them, and then also I won, just like Professor X
1: did.
0: <laughs> Ryan, what do you got for best use of power?
1: Uh, that is a good one, but I'm going to go with that ring. That ring. That ring. That uh, as soon as it gets locked on to her. Beyonce's finger that she could just control him guys I don't know if you've ever been married or have listened to a comedian from the 80s before but that is what marriage is like
2: seen a Vince Vaughn movie
0: yeah <laughs> um Ryan I was gonna give it to you when you sang because I enjoyed that but then you went back to sexism and I'm gonna take it away from you and Mike we had the same one because it's obviously it's got to be the power of bees or hornets so that's I another- do I I do
2: Cassie, I love the point. And I'll take it. Thank you. But I do want to defend Ryan. He's saying the show is being sexist. I think. If I'm hearing correctly, I don't think Ryan is being there sexist. Is oh, no, 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 no. I'm
1: I'm no. trying to be very sexist. Okay. Okay. Yeah. There
0: is no line between the two. I retract my, my defense. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Next award is going to be LVP. Ryan, what do you got for it?
1: Uh, I have a three-way tie. It's Rogue, Jean Grey, Wolverine. All walking into the mansion separately, but all ending up on the same square of the mansion floor to fall directly <laughs> into the trap. We have got a psychic. We have got somebody with super senses and could smell something out. And then we've got Rogue, who's got all the powers. And they're all like, let's stand on this square for us all 30 seconds and talk about how nothing's going on. And then they all fall down a hole and go, whoa! Rogue, who can fly,
2: lets herself fall down the
1: hole. Like, well, I don't
0: want
2: to be up here alone.
0: She uses it to land softly, but she still does go down. (laughs) Idiots. Dumb. Uh, It's a very strong one. Mike, what do you got?
2: So often it feels like they do these center on an X-Men episode to make us let somebody we hate become the MVP. But no. Gambit's the LVP. He doesn't know how to answer a phone, right? He doesn't know how to just leave a note. He doesn't know how to tell his friends anything. He sucks. He does. And when he takes his dumb jacket off, he looks even dumber.
1: <laughs> again, almost murdered Cyclops. And again, that's yeah. the Danger Room's fault. But almost murdered Cyclops, and when asked about it, could say nothing but, my brother didn't pay the tithe. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? <laughs> my brother
2: brother's paid? late on his taxes, so I had to kill my co-worker.
0: <laughs> you all understand. Uh, yeah, he's, you know I hate him, that's a very strong contender. I have actually Cyclops this week, because all we saw from him was him begging for the war room to be harder. And then, um, it being too hard, him laying in bed the whole time. And then at the end, just still angry that Gambit didn't trust him. Like he hears about this whole adventure and his only response is, why doesn't he trust us as he's still in bed? But, um, I think I am going to, I got to give it to Gambit because fuck this guy. And, uh,
1: <laughs> is this so a our- clean sweep? Are we about to have a clean sweep here? I,
2: well, I'll, I'm sure I'll biff it at the end. <laughs>
0: let's see if he can pull it off our last award is mvp mike what do you got for it
2: yeah i'm I'm spitting in the face of this clean sweep uh (laughs) we've talked a lot about one of wolverine's catchphrases and it's uh i go where i want to go but he had another one where he said i think in the pilot and he said it again here and it's i think as a kid why i love wolverine it was one of the things i love to say uh I thought it was so cool, even though it's stupid and saying you're not in control, but it's the sometimes the claws slip while two of the claws are on the outside of the guy's face and one is going to go through his brain. Look, I'm giving it to Wolverine for that intimidation alone.
1: Uh, is this the same Wolverine from this episode where somebody says, what do you want? And he says, some answers, Bushmouth. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: it's, same, it's the same Wolverine. It's the same,
0: same Wolverine. Okay. Bush mouth. Same Wolverine. Um, that is a bad choice, Mike. Let's see what Ryan, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan what do you got for MVP?
1: Uh, my MVP is a nameless soldier who never gets MVP, the nameless soldier. But Jean Grey says, gives this whole like speech about how I cannot stop you from hating each other, but I can make it last longer, which is not the goal. And then takes their guns away and floats them all into the middle and then one guy with one power, one undisclosed power just goes boop and it pops her little bubble and the guns fly to the ground immediately and then everyone runs over and picks up their guns and that guy who was not intimidated by Jean Grey but just uses power of boop, is the MVP of the episode.
0: And just the fact that then there was a pile of guns, like just a <laughs> free throw all then in the middle.
1: You, d- you didn't have to take your own gun. You, may, you <laughs> might get a better gun. <laughs> no, that's only fair. Grab the gun you came
2: with.
0: Uh, I do. I also have Jean as MVP because she was the only one to stop external. I have the opposite of you. I put Jean as the MVP because she could stop the external, but you made a solid argument. As to why she shouldn't be, Ryan. I'm gonna give that one to you, Cassie. All right.
1: Cassie, yes. boop. It's just—it's a good power. It's a good
0: power. <laughs> you gotta respect a boop, um, Mike. Almost a queen's clean sweep until you brought Wolverine for MVP. You know that just can't happen. That won't stand <laughs> here. So, Ryan, you got a point. Mike, you got four this week, and that's—it's <laughs> a big week. That was it for this episode, though. So, Mike, can you tell us about some websites?
2: your pop is where you can go to get everything we put out throw a slash amazon on there your slash amazon bookmark that that's how you shop you're already gonna buy whatever stupid fucking cord you don't really need that way but this way it helps us uh, if you want more content from us go to patreon.com slash your pop support us more directly and get all kinds of extra cool fun stuff for your ear holes
0: Stuff for your ear holes. Speaking of stuff for your ear holes, Ryan, we got some other shows. Uh, Can you tell the people about that?
1: Of course. Please go to whatever your podcatcher is and download, subscribe, rate, and review Movie of the Year, where me and Mike and our good friend Greg are trying to figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. And then, of course, The Unnatural 20s, where Cassie and two of her non-Mike and Ryans try to roll the dice through their 20s and have lots of wacky adventures. Cassie, it's wacky yep. level of the last episode? On a scale of 1 to 10, what would you say it was?
0: Oh, too wacky. If I would put the the lever would be at maximum danger wacky, 100%. Oh, shit. Okay, so
1: <laughs> this is the kind of podcast where Gambit's on the phone and he accidentally <laughs> makes it too wacky. That's movie of the year and a natural 20 is only on everything.
0: <laughs> That's it. Uh, Mike, we also got social media. Tell us about it.
2: At Your Pop Filter on Instagram, on Twitter. You know how those work. Hit us up on those. <laughs>
0: yes, hit us up. If you don't use social media, we also got an email to contact Your Pop Filter. Uh, go ahead and share any opinions on uh, the shows that we're watching. If you think I gave the awards, if Mike should have had a clean sweep this week, let us know. It's wrong, but you can email it. again. That's if you think
1: you. Ryan should have had a clean sweep and was robbed of four awards.
0: <laughs> no. Nope. Yeah. You can go ahead
1: and you write it.
0: My word of the week. (laughs) If you're Ryan yourself, you can go ahead and write that in. It's contact your pop filter, Ryan, for when you write that email. Uh, Next week, we got a big episode because for the first time, we're focusing on Van Helsing. It's going to be in the limelight. We're not only covering it. It's going to be our main event. So you're welcome, Van Helsing. Uh, Plus top
1: five Van Helsing moments, uh, Van Helsing character bracket, uh, Van Helsing (laughs) recipes where we try to cook food as if like, As if we're Van Helsing characters. It's a crazy episode.
0: It's going to be wild. Be sure to tune in for that. For Mike, I'm Ryan. For Ryan, I'm Mike. For me, I am me. Bye, everyone.